You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Friday, March 17th, and opening day is just weeks away. The countdown is on. We're talking Brewers baseball today with Adam McCalvey, as always. Uh, Adam, thank you so much for the time. And uh, the thing that caught my eye going through the uh, the news feed from the past uh, four or five days is that as you wrote about a month ago, uh, you know, back at that time, a lot of uh, roster spots up for grabs in particular in the rotation. And not a lot has changed even as we cross the uh, the midway point here of March. Uh, that goes in particular uh, for the rotation as, uh, you know, you wrote, and I think a lot of people would agree, the only two locks in that rotation right now seem to be Junior Guerra and Zach Davies. As far as uh, three through five, it's wide open. Is that more of a case of, you know, everybody is performing so well that it's making tough decisions for Craig Council, or is it a matter of, you know, the opposite, that nobody is really distinguishing themselves right now and nobody's really grabbing that bull by the horns? You know, which which end of the spectrum is it here? Well, I'm going to go with option C, which is that I'm not sure that this decision is going to be made off spring training performance because these, these are not some unknowns. You know, the, the six and seven guys really that are going for the, the spots on the rotation are – pretty known commodities. The two guys you mentioned who are in, Craig Council has said are in, are the most unknown of them, Junior Garrett and Zach Davies. The others are, you know, Jimmy Nelson, 62 starts over the last couple of years. Willie Peralta, the opening day starter last year. Matt Garza, the long veteran, $12.5 million salary. Chase Anderson, who's, you know, on the right side of 30, but but has been in the big leagues a little while. And Tommy Malone, another veteran who came in uh, to compete as a lefty. So I don't think that they're going to see anything in spring training games that's going to change a decision. I think they probably know what they want to do in that rotation, and it's just a matter of getting to the end of camp and seeing what the health situation is. Uh, how guys are throwing the ball, sure, is part of it. Um, but I'm not sure that the Cactus League ERA is going to dictate what that decision is. So, you know, everybody's healthy. Um, everybody's getting their work in, getting their pitch counts up. That's kind of where they're at right now. And Craig Council made the case that, you know, they're still more than two weeks from opening day. There is absolutely no reason to start debating the roster right now because they don't have to set it until April 1st. And, uh, Adam, one of the things that always amuses me uh, every year during spring training is that people make such a big deal and such a fuss about who's starting opening day, kind of ignoring the fact that there's, oh, by the way, 161 games after the opening day. But, uh, you know, it's just it just amuses me, and I'm sure some other people, too. Uh, it seems that even though an official announcement has not yet been made, that the club is leaning towards Guerra. Can you confirm that? Yeah, I mean, that's the way they're lined up. And, look, I'm guilty of this. I, it's a fun sport to try to count the days and figure out what they're doing. And it's a running joke that on the first day of spring training every year, I get to ask the manager who the opening day starter <laughs> is and, you know, get laughed out of the room. So uh, it, it's sports, and, it, you know, it's not it, – it's relevant. Um, they care. The players care. It's an honor, and it's something that they spend some time thinking about. And, and look, again, the way they've been lined up this spring, it looks like uh, Guerra followed by Zach Davies. And what's interesting is neither of those guys were on the opening day roster last year. It's a, an example of uh, players getting an opportunity and seizing it and turning it into something. And for Junior Guerra, you know, three years ago, he's pitching in Italy. Now he's poised to start opening day in Major League Baseball. It's a pretty amazing story, and it would be cool 
if he is the guy indeed who gets the honor. Yeah, that's uh, as we've gone over time and again uh, throughout the months here. Uh, that is an incredible story and what a uh, captain that story it would be if he is uh, on the mound for the crew on opening day. One of the guys, uh, as you brought up, that started opening day last year, of course, Willie Peralta. He's uh, trying to be uh, in that battle in the mix for uh, rotation spots three through five. And Willie just got back uh, from the World Baseball Classic. Uh, he was with the Dominican Republic in the first round. Uh, the DR swept their way through to get to the uh, the uh, quarterfinals of the WBC. I think that there were some mixed feelings on his part because on one hand, you know, you want to be with your major league teammates, but, uh, you know, the DR has been such a powerhouse in the World Baseball Classic. It had to be hard for him to leave the team as they pursue another title to back up the one that they won in 2013. I know you had a discussion with him about that. Uh, give me some of the takeaways from your talk with him. Oh, yeah, it was really – it was very, very tough to leave. And you can understand, they they gelled. All those teams, they gel very quickly. Uh, Willie Peralta says he's never been in the World Series, but other guys who have said the atmosphere, especially for that Dominican versus uh, USA game in round one, was World Series caliber. The vibe, the buzz in the place, players all went to bed early, Willie Peralta said, which I thought was funny, and, and they were very, very intense on winning that game. Um so it was it was tough to leave. You know what he had going for him, I guess, is he knew this was the situation all along. He was in that designated pitcher pool where he was only going to pitch in round one. That was the agreement, and he's got to come back to, to camp here and and try to you know cement a spot. Uh, he was their opening day starter last year. Had a really awful uh, first couple of weeks of the season, but to his credit, he went down in the minor leagues. He got straightened out. He got some confidence back. He came back with some really great velocity and good results over ten starts to finish the season and, you know, got a really big foot in the door for this season. I think he's probably one of those guys who's in, you know, we're talking about uncertainty on those back end. And again, I think the Brewers know what they want to do there. There's no, there's no unknowns. You know, Willie Pross, I think is going to be in that rotation. Jimmy Nelson, I think is going to be in that rotation. I think Matt Garza is going to be in that rotation. You know, Chase Anderson is they'll have to figure out what they're going to do, but maybe they go with six and, and maybe they do something creative. Kirk council kind of left open that door it hasn't been completely ruled out. I don't know. Maybe he starts in the pen. But you know throughout the course of the season that you're going to need more than five guys. So, you know, they, they feel good about kind of the depth that they have. And I think really Peralta, if he pitches the way he did at the end of last season, is going to be a part of that depth. Yeah, it would seem to be that uh, there will be a spot in that rotation for uh, Willie Peralta. And uh, as he mentioned and you referenced, uh, that game against the U.S. at Marlins Park in Miami was something else. The U.S. taking a 5 nothing lead. The DR storming all the way back and winning at 7-5. And like Willie said, a World Series-like atmosphere to the point where even some of the U.S. guys who are seasoned veterans and total pros were rattled uh, by the atmosphere in the crowd as they watched their 5-0 lead disappear. Uh, that was, for my money, uh, one of the best games of the World Baseball Classic so far. Adam, to uh, shift gears to uh, another veteran on this Brewers team, uh, Ryan Braun, something that we shouldn't spend a ton of time on, but something uh, worth mentioning. He had some... Uh, some comments uh, the other day or recently that uh, didn't go over quite so well. As I think, you know, regarding spring training, I don't think most players, at least most veterans, really enjoy the grind. You know, they just want to get to the real deal, get to the regular season. And I don't think anybody faults Ryan Braun for having those feelings that, you know what, it's tedious, it's boring, and I, I think 99% of veterans would agree. But I think where he ruffled some feathers was where he brought money <laughs> into the equation. He said, you know, we don't get paid by the hour, and this is a guy making, you know, around $20 million a year. Just kind of touch on that a little bit, and uh, I, I think Mr. Braun is kind of regretting those comments right now. 
Well, I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, look, he's said stuff like he said stuff before, and a lot of times it's in jest about spring training. He wishes it was a week long. He's not a guy who needs a lot of at bats. He thinks the, you know, the bigger thing, and he's right, is being on your spikes for five or six hours a day, running around, get some reads in the outfield, see some pitches. And the point he makes time and again, again, he's correct, is that the games are a small part of spring training. These guys, they begin at, you know, 7 a.m. earlier for some. You know, 8 a.m., guys like Scooter Jeanette are out taking infield and outfield as he's moving to utility role. The catchers, uh, we've talked about that breakfast club that they do, 8 a.m., they're out there blocking balls in the dirt and doing other fundamentals. You know, th- these are long, grinding days. The pitchers need these games to get their pitch counts up. The hitters do not need a month of spring training games. And Ryan Braun has said that many, many times. This time he said it in a way that some people took issue with. Others said, again, look, he's right. He's got a point. And it's, it's probably both sides are right. Um, he's just not a guy who needs a lot of time in spring training. He, I don't think he meant anything malicious by it. This guy plays as hard as anybody, cares as much as anybody. When the games matter, these games do not matter. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, agreed with all that. Uh, you know, this is a guy, like you said, that he does not need the reps that maybe some younger guys do. He knows his body. He knows his work ethic and work schedule. And, you know, the the tediousness and repetition of spring training, it does wear on you. And I think that a lot of guys, you know, he, he, he probably said what a lot of guys think but may not have the bravery to say it in front of a microphone as Ryan Braun did. It's something that will blow over like everything else, and the regular season will start. He'll hit home runs, and the whole thing will be forgotten of that, I have uh, no doubt. Uh, Adam, to come down the home stretch here, uh, you know, we remind ourselves time and again that it's only spring training. It doesn't matter, but 24 runs is 24 freaking <laughs> runs. And, you know, they they beat the uh, the Mariners, I believe, the other day, 24-3. to and uh, I will say that they Jack Bowered the Mariners. I, I thought of that one last night. Thank you. I'll be here all night. Uh, by Very scoring nice. 24 runs. He's not, he's not on 24 anymore, but for my money, that will always be a Jack Bauer show. Nonetheless, uh, you know, in all your years covering the Brewers or covering baseball, period, you ever see that many runs scored? Good question. <laughs> I know I've seen in the 20s a game at Pittsburgh comes to mind. I think it was getaway day, of course. Um, it was just. You know, it was out there. Their their ten run inning. First of all, they don't have a ten on the scoreboard at Maryvale. They just put a one up there. They had seven straight hits to start the inning. Just everything was falling in. And I asked the scout the next day. You know, what do you do with a game like that? If you're scouting the Mariners, what do you take from that? And the guy's answer was, you close the book. <laughs> uh, in other words, it's one of those games, one of those days in spring training. I think even Craig Council after the game said, you know what? What do you take from this? It's spring training. That's what you take from it. It doesn't, doesn't count, doesn't tell you that they're going to be the best offensive team in baseball. Um, but, look, there's some good individual performance hap- performances happening. Uh, Lewis Brinson, their, uh, their top prospect, was sent down to the minors this morning as we're talking. You know, it's time for him to get ready for the season. But he was really good in spring training games in terms of driving the ball, in terms of what he did defensively. Uh, you know, we're not going to look at his batting average and, and make big conclusions from it, but he just played really well. He just handled himself really well, and he was the guys who went, one of the guys who went off in that game. Keon Broxton went off in that game. He's had a really, really good spring to build on, a really good finish to last season. So you can take some good individual performances from a game like that, but I'm not certain that we should expect this Brewers team to average 24 runs a game. Yeah, going out on a limb there, I'm, I, I see. Uh, but I think Craig Council you know, put it perfectly that, hey, it's spring training, it's one game, you close the book and move on. But – 
as you said, you can take away some great individual performances that will hopefully carry over uh, into the regular season. Uh, Adam, uh, to wrap up here, along with uh, countless other fans, I have long been a, an admirer of uh, uh, Brewers broadcaster Brian Anderson, and at this time every year, he takes time away from his baseball duties to cover March Madness. That's that thing that uh, people pretend that they're not watching at work, but they really are. And it's no different <laughs> yeah. here at MLB.com, I'll tell you that. you. <laughs> I'm calling everybody out. Uh, but Brian has been uh, such a just a, a fine example of a multi-talented broadcaster for many sports for so many years. I know that you had a discussion with him as he departed for his uh, March Madness duties and just kind of give me some of the highlights of that conversation. And uh, does he find it challenging to go from the, the, the pace of baseball to something as frenetic as uh, college hoops? No, to the contrary, he likes it because mm. it's a challenge for a broadcaster. As you said, you know, the pace of the game is completely different. It's, it's a totally different animal. Um, and it was interesting that he, he, you know, that's one of the things he enjoys about it is the challenge of switching. He's done some NFL work as well, which is another completely different thing. Uh, the other thing that stood out to me from the conversation is he doesn't know the matchups, just like we don't know the matchups. He gets an email a couple of minutes before Greg Gumbel makes the announcement on, uh, on CBS. So, He's waiting just like everybody else to see what the matchups are. And for him, that launches him into this furious couple of days of prepping for these teams. It's 12 teams that he sees in the span of about six days. Hmm. And he's got to become expert on all those because you know the fans of those teams are going to be watching and picking apart everything he says. So it's a, it's a tremendous amount of homework and work that goes into this while at the same time he's traveling to the different venues. So you've got to respect uh, the, the amount of effort that goes into it. And he is a very, very good broadcaster. The Brewers are lucky to have him. They signed him to a multi-year deal. Uh, you know, he's going to be here for a while. And, and the Brewers, the cool thing is that the Brewers, you know, let him go a little bit for, for stuff like this because he really likes to do it. It raises his profile. It's probably good for the Brewers as well. Uh, and everybody kind of benefits from it. So he'll be gone. He'll be back opening day to call opening day, switching back to baseball. And then as the season goes on, he'll also have some national games for TBS baseball games. And then he'll do some postseason games. And then, like I said, he'll get into football once uh, the baseball offseason comes. So there is no offseason for Brian Anderson. Yeah, I'm in awe of how effortless he makes it look uh, when, as you illustrated, uh, there was tremendous amount of efforts put into it to make it seem effortless. And uh, there was nobody, for my money, better in the business than Brian Anderson. And I echo your sentiments that the Brewers and their fans, very, very lucky to have this guy. We're lucky to have him throughout the duration of March Madness as well. Adam, that's going to put a bow tie on this one. I dare say you've earned yourself an adult beverage or two uh, <laughs> for, for various reasons, and uh, we will get into it again next week uh, at the same time. In the meantime, Matt Waymar signing off for MLB.com Extras, Milwaukee Brewers. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.